How's it going, everybody? I'm Luke, and of course, I'm joined by Joe, like usual, for the three years, four years, in the, three years in the making now, episode 420 of the Charging Buffalo podcast. Uh, Joe, how are you this afternoon? Oh, I'm just doing wonderful. Very excited that we're trying something new. We're on Zoom today after yes. the the horrible audio quality in the last episode, which yeah. we hope that doesn't happen again. But yes, we're very excited to be here today talking some Sabres hockey. And, 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 and please, if we ever have an episode like that, don't DM us saying we're stupid or stuff, okay? We don't get paid for this. We're just two fans dedicated fans doing a podcast okay so don't call us stupid like we're some kind of professionals or something okay just stop thank you for listening but you know if you're gonna <laughs> don't yeah we had tons of uh good feedback though actually it sucks because last episode is actually one of our like most responded to episodes and people like like the discussions and stuff it's just um recording on discord um is a nightmare with the lag. So we're doing it on Zoom right now, which has a built-in recording feature. So uh, that's good. And as as a little inside joke, Joe, you haven't heard it yet, but um, this song at the top of the show is uh, Connection by uh, Elastica is a little bit of um, a nod to that. Um, And the song's in my head lately. But um, you want to know what I've been doing lately, Joe? What's that? What's that? Uh, the remake of Battle for Bikini Bottom came out. It did? Yes. So I've been when? playing that. I haven't played it since I was like six, seven years old. Um, so yeah, I'm on the Kelp Forest level right now. Interesting. It's a, you gotta get it. How much is it? 30 bucks. Oh, I'm, I might, I oh, might. I think just, I played that on the PS2 many, many years ago. It's like the prime years of SpongeBob. You know, like the jokes and everything, like it, it holds up. It all holds up super well. Oh, um, but great game. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into that. I'm definitely gonna buy that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, if, if I didn't say this already, of course, the show is brought to you by uh, Just Dish and Hockey. If you use the promo code TCB at checkout, you get ten percent off your order. So. Joe, um, we got some topics. Of course, it's going to be a long off season, um, and I'm laughing because, like, it's just it's not going to be a whole lot of hockey related stuff. I feel like at least on ice stuff, a lot of um, front office talk, a lot of around the league happenings. Um, just going down a little list we have assembled here. Uh, but that is the pitfalls, if you will, of having a team that's uh, on a nine-year playoff drought. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not a whole ton to talk about. Some uh, first thing we're going to talk about today is uh, the promotions of Jeremiah Crow and Jason Nightingale. Uh, I didn't know who Jeremiah Crow was until uh, he was promoted to director like of scouting. A super, like, I'm sorry to cut you off, Joe, but that, that, that sounds like a um like a supervillain's alter ego. Like the real name of a supervillain, but Absolutely. I'm sorry, you repeat that point. I'm sorry. But yeah, I didn't even know who, who this guy was, but uh he he has been a scout in the organization since let's see. 
Oh, I'm at his regular elite prospects profile right now. Just give me a second. But I believe he was brought in by Botterill in 2017 as a professional scout. Yeah, he was brought in in the 17-18 season as a pro scout. Uh, was with the team past three years and now will be the director of scouting. There's no longer like a chief amateur scout or uh, head of pro scouting title. It's just a combination of the two to consolidate and be a little leaner so Terry Pagula can save a couple of pennies there. But uh, Crow, he was actually the director of player personnel for the United States National Team Development Program. In uh, sixteen seventeen, the year before that, he was the assistant director of player personnel, and he's gotten some credit for building these fantastic NTDP teams that we've seen over the past few years, especially last year, a team of Jack year. Hughes, uh, Alex Turcotte, Matt Boldy, Cole Caulfield, all those guys who got drafted in the first round, lots of second-round picks too. So, uh Listening to him talk, he sound, definitely sounds like he's interested in building, uh, incorporating, I should say, analytics into scouting. Uh, they want to try this, I think it's called hybrid scouting or something like that, where they're going to be some people at the games uh, occasionally, there's going to be video scouting, and also analytics incorporated into it too, which that all sounds good, but let's just see if that can actually be it's all talk. It's all talk right now. I believe it when Literally I Literally just it. sounds like scouting. Yeah. Yeah. But we hear, okay, changes are being made. I like what I hear from Crow. I like what I hear from Kevin Adams and the fact that they might be bringing in Rick Dudley too. Cool. That all sounds great. But the fact of the matter is the season can start in January. Rasmus Ristolainen could still be on the team. They could draft Yaroslav Askarov with the eighth overall pick. And in the second round, they could draft some six foot six American defenseman who can't skate, who has the ceiling to be a third pair guy. That's which is the just worst case the scenario. The very it's worst. More of the same. Yes. So yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. It all sounds okay now, but we'll see what happens. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But we hear all this talk of changes coming. Uh, we're going to embrace analytics. We've been hearing this for how many years now? New GM comes in. They talk about analytics. Like, it's going to happen. Botterill talked about analytics. Did anything happen from it? No. He would always go on GR with Chopin the Bulldog, talking about how big of a role Jason Nightingale has with the team. And they keep bringing in guys like Michael Froelich and Wayne Simmons. And Rastus Ristolainen is being trotted out on the ice 25 minutes a night. Still, it just doesn't make any sense. So, I'll believe it when I see it. It all sounds good now, but... Who knows? And also, well, I'm, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I, I still think I'm excited though because I just wanna, um, I wanna see what happens when we give these guys a chance. You know, like I know Adams is a first time guy. Um, all these guys are really taking big time positions for the first time, but uh, I think it's, you know, it's still important to to give them a chance. Um, because you know, we're we, you and I were firm believers that anybody can really do the job. Oh, right, yeah. and at least Adams is um, involved with hockey in some way. So uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm excited to see um, what kind of moves, if any, <laughs> Adams uh, actually makes um, mm-hmm. going forward. Here. Uh, Jason Nightingale, as I mentioned before, he was promoted to uh, assistant 
director of scout and he's also still the director of analytics which is a position that he's held in the organization since uh 2018-19 he's been with the sabers since 1314 uh listed as an analyst from 1314 to 17-18 now has been the director of analytics but clearly he has not been listened to by the past yeah. regime we should we shall see uh if they truly go in an analytics direction, which is definitely something that I think is necessary. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to believe it until Rasmus or Stalin is traded because it's time to move on. You know, it's, you just got to move on from him. Uh, say what you want about him, whether oh, they need that physicality presence on the back end or, Oh, he's still young. He needs time to develop or, whether you think he's terrible, whatever. Either way, they should move on from him. Mm-hmm. It's time to move on. He's been here for – he's played almost 500 games in Buffalo. Nothing's going to change. Maybe he needs a change of scenery, but I don't think Rasmus Ristolainen is going to turn the corner in Buffalo anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Time to move on. Yeah. And he's probably one of the only pieces that could legit get you um, some kind of scoring too, I'd imagine, on the team in a trade. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, Someone will fork up something for him. Well, you look at the could-have-been trades in, over the past 12 months. They could have gotten Nikolai Ehlers, apparently. They could have gotten Cody Glass from the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights. Like, come on. they could At one point, they could have gotten Taylor Hall mm-hmm. many years ago when, oh, man. It's just unbelievable. Obviously, I don't think you're getting Nikolai Ehlers anymore after the fantastic season that he just had but yeah that's not you gotta think one team for 31 teams out there one team will could potentially give up something good for oh yeah somebody wants a bit of that bite in their game yeah right he brings some bite he brings some uh some jam and say what you want about him he he is great on the power play Mm-hmm. which ever since Rasmus Dahlin arrived, he has been taken off that first power play unit. And uh, especially this year, his point production went down because of that. Uh, he does bring a little bit of physicality and size, and he's a right shot. So he does have his deficiencies, but there are some positives to Rasmus Ristolainen's game. So yes. he, he's he, does just... carry, he does carry a $5.4 million cap hit, which is a pretty big for the role that he would be in on another team. He does have a couple, two or three more years left on that contract. So I would imagine if the Sabres wanted to maximize return on Rasmus for and they'd have to take back some of that salary. So mm-hmm. I would, if they should be looking to get the biggest return possible for him. So if that means retaining a million dollars or a million and a half on his cap, why not? Yeah. If it means getting, back into the first round moving up maybe to get another top 15 pick or something like that, or getting a top six forward. Mm -hmm. Why not? You know? Yeah. Well, you bring up Vegas. How willing do you think they'd be to let go of a, uh, a young, a young player for Risto? Like say it was uh, like Alex Tuck. Yeah. That's a name that I, that came to mind immediately when Mm -hmm. you mentioned young player, I think, Alex Tuck would be a great addition mm-hmm. for the team. Bring size, right winger, which is a position they definitely need to address. Mm-hmm. Definitely would be able to play in the top nine. He's Local coming off boy. A, that coming goes off a long way. Rougher year, too, mm-hmm. which 
because I think what two years ago he was great. He signed that seven-year yeah. deal and a low cap hit. I'll just bring up his uh, elite prospects page right now. But he was a guy I really wanted the Sabres to trade up for in 2014 when Tim Murray was talking about wanting to get another first-round pick, get back in the first round. But 24 years old, $4.75 million cap hit, which is pretty good for top six forward. He had a really rough year. He had 17 points in 42 games, but 20-goal year last year, 52 points. He would be great. I, I would love addition of Alex Tuck, a uh, little bit of a change of scenery, but I think he'd, he'd be a nice addition. I would welcome that and arrest us for the line and trade for sure. But I know people don't want to hear, oh, let's go get draft picks. Let's go get draft picks. But I welcome the idea of trading that first round pick, eighth overall, to go get uh, a game breaker for the top six, get a second line center if possible. I don't know if that player will be available, but if they do trade that pick, this first round is stacked. I wouldn't mind using Ristolainen in that case to go get back into the first round if possible. Who knows if he carries that value anymore, but that's always an option. Trade the eighth pick to get second-line center. Obviously, Ristolainen is not getting you that second-line center anymore, so maybe use Ristolainen to go get back into the first round. Yeah, you got to get aggressive now. You need multiple first-round picks like they're, like other teams are doing. Um I mean, how many times have we had multiple first-round picks throughout this 2000, whole thing? 2012, Grigorenko and Gergensen's 2013. Yep. The line and then uh, Last year, did we? had two first-round picks in 2014, had Ryan Miller signed an extension mm-hmm. with the Blues. That didn't work out. Yeah. Also, if uh, the Islanders decided to let Buffalo keep that fifth overall pick, but mm-hmm. they did have three first-round picks in 2015. Uh, Robin Leonard and Evander Kane had something to say about that. Uh, 2016, they just had one. 17, they just had one. Middle stat. 2018, uh, Matias Samuelson, basically a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the first pick in the second round. In 2019, they had the two with uh, Ryan Johnson and Dylan Cousins. Yeah. So they've had multiple first-round picks many years. They're not afraid to trade them away. But uh, I think now's the time where you got to get aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying do what the Arizona Coyotes did a few years ago, trading the seventh overall pick for an aging center like Derek Stepan and a goalie. But you got to find the right player. I think if you can find a guy 24, 25 years old, RFA, someone that's on team control for a while that you can insert on your second line to improve the team. I think you should trade that pick. Mm-hmm. But also, there are some good players available that will be available at that eighth overall pick too. So it's a balancing act. I think if it were me, if I was the GM, if I'm Kevin Adams, I'm not trading that pick until I know what's available to me. Because who knows who's going to be sliding on draft day? It's right. We'll, we'll do a little bit, a little mock draft later uh, in the episode. But I think I'm waiting to see if Marco Rossi is still on the board. Because I think Marco Rossi is going to be an unbelievable player, especially at the eighth overall pick. So I'd I'd wait and see. But lots of people bring up uh, Anthony Sorelli as an option to dangle that eighth overall pick to Tampa Bay since. They have so many no-move and no-trade clauses they might not be able to make. 
the cap space necessary to sign him. So that's always an option too. He'd be a perfect addition to this team. Good two-way center to put on the second line. Let me open up my uh, document here. I had to leave it for a moment. But, yeah, that lottery was something else. Uh, <laughs> a playoff team winning first overall, which is just <laughs> – leave it to the NHL to just not think this one through. I- I'm totally not surprised, almost to the point where I think they did it on purpose so they could have a second event. Like, I why think not? It's ridiculous. I hate it. Why not just wait? Just wait. Why do you have to do it now? Just wait mm-hmm. until the whole thing is over with. Exactly. What was the point of doing this this early? Like, yeah, cool. You got something to put on TV, something to talk about, which definitely, uh, they definitely got some chatter around the sports world because yeah. of this ridiculous event that happened. But they could have waited. Why not wait to do the lottery until after the play-in round, if that was the case? Well, I mean... Alone. I, just, I, I can't believe it. Even if you do it the day before the draft, I mean, just wait until everything's done. The draft isn't going to happen until October anyway. Yeah, October, November. What, what's still, the point? The draft I mean, is still months and months and months away. Yeah, we're still 30 days from the actual season resuming, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and the they poor Winnipeg it. Jets, the poor Winnipeg Jets, they were the team that was slotted in for Team E, and they're not even going to win the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I, as a Jets fan, am uh, quite bitter about that. Now, what happens, though, if they lose their series? Do they automatically get it? or No, because they have to redo the thing, right? No, no. Yeah, there's all the losers of the playing round. All eight teams will have an equal 12.5% chance in the second lottery. What an They're absolute... <sighs> Can't but, say the word. But listen, there are fan bases that want their teams to lose this playing round now. Uh-huh. Like Vancouver Canucks, they want to lose that playing round because they get Alexi Lafreniere... And now the Devils get their first round pick next year. If you're Mark Bergevin, okay, and the Montreal Canadiens, don't you kind of want that that Quebecois oh, yeah. uh, hero on your team? <laughs> like, what incentive do you have to actually compete for the cup? Who are they facing? The Penguins? Yeah, the Penguins. Yeah, like what incentive do you have? But listen, to the Montreal Canadiens. Or worse than the Sabres last year. They, they had, what, 19 regulation wins? Come on. 19 regulation wins in 71 games. Ridiculous. That's just unbelievable. Like, they're not going to beat the Penguins. Like, the Penguins were struggling towards the end. But there, there is no way. They don't even have to tank. Well, now the Penguins, they're going to have all their guys back. I'm sure yeah, Gensel will be. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure Gensel will be back by then, but... Man, it, and you know people are going to be saying, oh, the fix is in when Montreal wins. It's a lottery. They, they they put out all the number combinations before. They do not rig the draft lottery. I'm sorry to break it to you all, but they do not. Well, you know what we couldn't see this year was, um, and you said this a few shows ago, the, the lineup of GMs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see that. 
Yeah. But yeah, this sucks. This really sucks that a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs could win the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's look at the the matchups here: Carolina versus the Rangers. Uh, I don't. If think Carolina that... wins it, oh boy! Ridiculous, right? No, did, this... did the Hurricanes the, did the Hurricanes trade their first round pick? I think they did for Brady Shea. Oh let's God. See here. Wait a minute. I, I think it's lottery protected, though. Let, let me double-check oh, that okay. for you really quick. Because then, oh, that would mean that, like, so no matter what, the Rangers. The Rangers would be in it, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's lottery protected, though. I'll check, though. Carolina Hurricanes. Don't no, you wish uh, we could be that lucky? Don't you wish we could have management like that? That somehow just lucked in some kind of weird circumstance like that? Well, now... After this, every team is going to lottery protect their picks. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Pandemic insurance. Uh, conditional pick. Uh, the Rangers will receive the later or lower of either the Carolina or Toronto first round picks. So oh. hypothetical Toronto wins the draft lottery. No, wait. No, 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 no. And right. knowing Toronto, they're going to blow <laughs> it in its play-in round. Uh, so... The Rangers, I don't know. This is confusing. I hate conditional picks, but I don't think the Rangers would get. Okay, if the Hurricanes won the draft lottery with their pick, the Rangers would get the Toronto first round. Right, pick. right. So Higher that's how two. that's how that would work. Okay. Now, We're good. <laughs> now did you hear also uh, when they were about to reveal the winner, um, or I think it might have been after whatever, Catherine Tappen and Bill Daly – we're talking and Catherine Tappen said something like, so this means that whoever wins Stanley cup can th- can get the first overall pick and Bill Daly just so nonchalantly just destroys her. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I remember and that. I remember this goes like, did, did she, I thought she said competing for the Stanley cup, not uh, wins but, the Stanley cup. But he, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like she said wins Stanley cup. No matter. I mean, either way he just shut her down. Oh yeah. yeah. Humiliated her <laughs> in front of the world. And it's mm-hmm. it, it's like, oh man, Bill, why'd you have to do her like that? Like, uh, he he just goes like, uh, no, <laughs> just says like flat out no, like something mm-hmm. like that, like, uh, whatever, like uh, a loser, only a loser can win. Like, <laughs> okay, oh. so out of the Hurricanes and Rangers, who would you prefer to land Alexi Lafreniere? <laughs> God, the Rangers. I mean, listen, if the Hurricanes got him, yeah, I would not want to go on Sabres Twitter for a week. That's a lose-lose scenario, though, because, like, the Rangers, they're building a winner there. They're going to be good. So if they get Lafreniere, they're going to be good. Hurricanes, if they get them, my God. Yeah. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Okay. Calgary, Winnipeg. Oh, well, I'd love Winnipeg to get them, obviously. Mm -hmm. Also, I think it'd be fun. Either way, like, that's – this is crazy. Could you imagine Lafreniere uh, versus McDavid? This is crazy. Oh, absolutely crazy. The Battle of Alberta needs him. That any of these teams could get Alexi Lafreniere. I, unbelievable. I think I'd prefer him to go to Winnipeg just so they could possibly make Nikolai Ehlers available mm-hmm. and they can go build up their defense and trade uh, him for Rasmus Ristolainen. So yes. that's my thought. But if Calgary got him, come on. <laughs> the Battle of Alberta is even more uh, must-see TV then. All right, speaking of the Battle of Alberta, Edmonton Oilers versus Chicago Blackhawks. Edmonton. This is another. Would, oh, 
it would Another be so fun. Like lose lose scenario. Well, yeah. I mean, Chicago they they were not that good this year, but if they got him, come on, everyone's like be a chef's kiss. If, if Edmonton got him and he's with McDavid, oh my God, Edmonton would win the Stanley Cup every year. <laughs> yeah, Drysidle, McDavid, and oh. Alexi Lafreniere. We are talking possibly the greatest line in NFL history at this point. <laughs> Edward Captain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think. Who do you think wins that series? I think, I, I think Edmonton uh, would win that, Edmonton, right? Edmonton pulls it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's best okay. of five, right? Yeah, best of five. I say they win three to one. All right. Uh, Toronto versus Columbus. Columbus has a chance there. I think Columbus wins against the Leafs. I, I and think Toronto's scoring might get it done for them, though. Okay, we could. Let's let's do this here. Yeah. We're, we're going to do a little mock lottery here. We're going to do a little, oh, a little draft lottery here. I'll pull up a random. Okay. Random generator. Oh, boy. Okay. And they all have even odds, right? Yeah. They all have completely even odds, 12.5% chance. Okay. Uh, random choice. It's not even fair. It's not fair. I know. I know. It's just uh, another way to okay. stack the so odds. Out of the Hurricanes and Rangers. Hurricanes and Rangers, who do you think wins? I think the Rangers. Did you hear me? Okay, so we put the Hurricanes. Yeah. Hurricanes going. Hurricanes are in the lottery. Okay. Flames and Jets. Who wins? Honestly, I think the Flames win. Yeah. Welcome to the lottery, Winnipeg Jets. Okay. Edmonton, Chicago. Edmonton wins. Throw Chicago in the in. Of misfit toys. And they just won the lottery last year again in Kirby Doc. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we both in agreement that the Leafs after the lottery? Hmm. We'll go with that. Yeah. We'll go with that. That's a series that's tough to decide, I think. Okay. The next one. Vancouver, Minnesota. Both of these fan bases want their teams to lose. Oh, man. I have a feeling Minnesota wins this. I think so, too, because Vancouver really was... good towards the end. Vancouver was on a monumental slide towards the end there, too. As they are every single year. Yeah, they have to be thankful for this every playing single thing. Mm-hmm. All right, Vancouver Canucks enter the lottery. Pittsburgh, Montreal. Definitely Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh, yeah. Is Arizona in? I believe so. And it would be Arizona, too, right? That would win the lottery because of the Taylor Hall yeah. effect. Right? Yeah, really, yep. Speaking of Arizona, Arizona Nashville. Also, before we get to this, how ridiculous would it be if the Pittsburgh Penguins won the draft lottery? <laughs> Come on. It's the same over and over. Uh, I'm going Arizona here. Arizona wins? Yeah, I do think they beat Nashville. All right, Predators. 
Predators have never picked first overall, too, by the way. That would be interesting. Maybe that changes. All right. Islanders, Panthers. Oh, is the Islanders' first-round pick lottery protected? Hold on. Hold on. Because <laughs> they traded their first-round pick in the John Gabriel Pajot trade. This is a rematch of that super exciting series uh, in 2016, I believe. Yes. Okay. Uh, if the Islanders win the draft lottery and select in the top three, the pick becomes 2021. So good thing they lottery protected that. Um, it's tough because of – it's so even, I feel like. I have yeah, to go this with is the, the most uh, even of all the series, I believe. I'll go Islanders. I know they've been sliding too, but uh, the goaltending in Florida's. Okay, so the eight teams in the draft lottery for the first overall pick, Carolina Hurricanes, Winnipeg Jets, Chicago Blackhawks, Toronto Maple Leafs, Vancouver Canucks, Montreal Canadiens, National Predators, Florida Panthers. Are you ready? Yes. Are we doing it once? Once. Okay. All right. Bill (laughs) Daly pulls out his card. Yep. What's he have? What's he have? First overall pick in the 2020 NHL draft belongs to. It's not loading. Some more suspense. That's gonna be a black box. Come on. I'm holding my the breath. Vancouver Canucks. Oh, there it is. Uh, it would just—I mean—it would make sense. I feel like um, that would make too much sense. Absolutely, I can't believe it. That would be that'd be great though. Elias Pettersson and yeah, they Alexi they Lafreniere are going to be a super team. fun team to watch. That happens. Oh man, yeah. Draft lottery completely ridiculous, but it is causing some more talk around the NHL. So and poor Alexi Lafreniere doesn't know where he's going. The guy, the guy knew. The guy thought he was going to know where he was going, but not anymore. And when Bill Daly said. Uh, at the beginning, when he, uh, he took out the cards that a team won, I knew, I knew that mm-hmm. uh, they were picking one. Absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, Buffalo drops down to eight. Uh, the poor Detroit Red Wings. Oh. Come on. Oh, I picking dare. fourth. They were the worst team in point wise, at least in modern day history of the NHL. Like this is. And you know what? They aren't even tanking. They're one of those teams that's just bad because they have so many old guys with bad contracts and they can't do anything with them. I can't believe it. And just the fact they fell to four, they fell as far back as they could possibly fall. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, and then they they flipped to Steve Eiserman and he's just staring (laughs) eyes dead at 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 his screen. No movement, just static. The poor guy must be just destroyed inside. Mm-hmm. Well, like, you want to talk about a true leader. Steve Eiserman, that guy, compare him, his reaction to losing that lottery to Tim Murray in 2015. Mm-hmm. Like, he expected it. He wasn't devastated or anything. He was, he was a humble guy. Yeah, he lost. The odds were stacked up against him. It happens. But, yeah, sometimes when you're in a rebuild, you just got to get lucky along the way. Yep. And one of these eight fringe playoff teams are going to get a franchise-altering player. Congratulations mm-hmm. to them. 
And you know what? They're still picking the top five. So yeah, they're it, still going to get a great player. Uh, apparently, uh, Sam Cosentino of Sportsnet says that Cole Perfetti is essentially a lock to go to the Detroit Red Wings at four. So, mm-hmm. if I were the, them, I'm picking Marco Rossi, but and there's Perfetti's not, a good player. This isn't like other drafts where, you know, the top two picks are set in stone either. Like they're going to get a, a good player, um, and we don't know who it's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. cause the only one that's really a lock, I think, is the first pick, right? Yeah, two and three are basically interchangeable. Either Quinton Byfield or Tim Stutzla, those two guys are going to go second and third mm-hmm. unless someone shocks the world and goes off the board. I don't see that happening, though. We'll do, mm-hmm. we'll do a mock draft in a little bit. You want, how about we do it now? What the heck? Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll bring up uh, a mock draft tool on Cap Friendly here. We can do that really quick. Where where is it? Here we go. Mock draft. All right. Create mock drafts. Sorry for the the slow pace here. Here we go. Okay, we can we can uh we'll use the Canucks as our lottery winner for the first pick because we did that earlier. And then it's the Kings. Oh, cool. All right. Kings and the Sanders. All right, first overall, basically a no-brainer. It's Alexi Lafreniere, the Ramuski Oceanic, yep. going to the Vancouver Canucks. Crazy. Unbelievable. Uh, I think the Kings go with Quinton Byfield at number two. Byfield. Even though they have so many centers, uh, I think he's still a no-brainer with the second overall pick. You have your top two centers, top three centers, going forward of uh, Andre Kopitar, Quentin Byfield, and Alex Turcotte. That's crazy. And they also have Gabe Velarde in their system too. Okay, Ottawa Senators, I think they go with Tim Stutzla. No-brainer. If Stutzla goes second to the Kings, Ottawa just goes and selects Byfield. The Senators have the easiest time at the draft table with their third overall pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, and as I mentioned before, uh, Cole Perfetti, according to Sam Cosentino, he said that Perfetti is just as much of a lot going forth as Lafreniere is going number one. So I trust him. We'll do uh, Cole Perfetti number four to the Detroit Red Wings. Okay, number five, the Ottawa Senators are up again with their own first-round pick. The Sharks' first-round pick from the Eric Carlson trade won the lottery to pick third. Poor Sharks fans, too. That sucks. Yes. That really sucks. But I believe they're going to go with the right shot defenseman, Jamie Drysdale. Uh, Imagine him and Thomas Shabbat playing on a pair together. That would be something. So I think they're going to go with the defenseman after picking Tim Stutzla. Anaheim Ducks, I think they're going to go with a defenseman here. Uh, they definitely would probably prefer Jamie Drysdale's. They could probably use some more right shot D, but I think they're going to go with Jake Sanderson from the United States National Team Development Program to shore up that blue line. Okay, Devils next. Uh, I think they're going to go with a winger here. And I believe it's going to be Alexander Holtz from Jer Gardens, Sweden, the sniper uh, goal scorer. I think he'd be a nice fit in their system. Probably a toss-up between Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz for that pick. Uh, someone from The Athletic was tweeting out that 
NHL scouts don't necessarily like Lucas Raymond as much as the the people on Twitter do. So mm. he wouldn't be surprised if Raymond slides into the teens, which that also factors into that decision there. Now we got Buffalo here, and they have some pretty good options here. We'll go through the top seven again. It's Lafreniere, Byfield, Stutzla, Perfetti, Drysdale, Sanderson, Alexander Holtz to the Devils. Buffalo's got some pretty good options here at number eight. Uh, Cap Friendly has Lucas Raymond ranked number four. Marco Rossi ranked number six. Anton Lundell ranked number nine. Also on the board, Yaroslav Askarov, 10. Jack Wynn, 12. So I think those first three names I mentioned, Raymond, Rossi, and Lundell, those are the three guys that I want the Sabres to draft the most. And I'm not being a homer here. This is just what I think is going to happen on the on the draft day. Obviously, it's not going to end up like this. It's always uh, different. Uh, no mock drafts are 100% accurate. Never. just doesn't happen. Uh, Raymond, you're getting a guy with elite skill, speed, and some underappreciated scoring ability. And he's a guy that would be a perfect complement for Jack Eichel. can play both, both wings. Obviously, he didn't light the world on fire in the Swedish elite league this year, but he's eligible to go to the AHL next year. I think he'd be a good, definitely a great addition to the Sabres and they need more skill on the wings flat out. Marco Rossi center. He's five, nine, but have you, I don't know if you've seen any of his workout videos he's been putting on Twitter, Luke, but uh, this guy's, bottom for the bottom half of him is built like someone who's six foot five <laughs> wondering whatever pounds the guy's a freak this guy his legs are like tree trunks rod brindamore kind of oh yeah he's an animal this guy i think he's driven everything i hear about this guy he's just a professional like he's going to be he may not might not make it at center but my God, this guy is going to be a really good player in the National Hockey League. I, he's the guy I want the most at number eight. That's Marco Rossi. Also, another option, Anton Lundell, one of the more NHL-ready prospects in the draft. Plays in Finland for HIFK, can play center or wing, uh, six foot one. This is the kind of player that the Sabres need, a two-way center, uh, underappreciated offense. He, he had more of a down year offensively this year. But I think Lundell would be a great fit. You can't go wrong with either of these three picks, but I am going with Marco Rossi if I'm Kevin Adams. Any any uh, those players? What do you think for number eight for the Sabers? Oh boy! Going off of this mock draft. <laughs> well, I now you say all that stuff about Rossi, I'm kind of feeling him. He's my number four prospect in the draft. He's my number four. I, I love um, Marco Rossi. I think um, it says a lot about a player who preps like that off the ice, do. Mm-hmm. And Austrian, too. He'd be mm-hmm. the second uh, top 10 Austrian player selected by the Sabres, if that was the case. And it looks like there's a... In looking him up, there's a video game character named Marco Rossi. He, oh, yeah. He'd be, <laughs> he'd be the dream. I, I love Marco Rossi. I think he can even play in the NHL next year, too. Really? Not not as the second-line center, obviously, but I think he'd 
Oh yeah, I think he can play. The, the guy has nothing else to prove in the in the OHL. He had played two years there. He was on loan, so he actually is eligible to play in the AHL next year if there is an AHL season. But he mm-hmm. can probably go play overseas too. In he he has played in Switzerland in the past, so maybe he would go there. Mm-hmm. But 120 points in 56 games last year. Hmm. He was the highest scoring player in the CHL, not just in the OHL. He outscored Alexi Lafreniere, which mm-hmm. the Quebec League is just shiny. So that's saying something. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely incredible player. 39 goals. He's sky's the limit for this guy. I love Marco Rossi. Yeah, and number two in scoring, Cole Perfetti. And oh, wow. Who want to hazard guess at the number three uh, point scorer in the OHL? Oh, God. Connor McMichael. Really? Connor McMichael. 102 points in 52 games. I called it. You've been championing him for uh, forever now. (laughs) If you've been listening to the podcast for over a year now, you know my love for Connor McMichael and how badly I wanted the Sabres to draft him last year. Yeah. But the Washington Capitals just had to rip out my heart. Number four, (laughs) Philip Tomasino. Another player I really wanted the Sabres to grab in with that last pick in the first round last year. Nashville pried him away before he could get there, though. Oh, know who number five is? You want to know who number five is? Yes. It's an Arthur, guy we were scoring for. Arthur Kaliev. So number three, Why four, Why did and we five, not take him? Number three, four, and five in OHL scoring this year. Uh, that seemed like such an obvious pick. Were potential options for the Sabres in that last pick in the first round. Uh, Kaliev, the only option that they could have actually drafted, though. I don't know. They didn't even meet with him at the combine, which is insanity. Mm-hmm. Oh, who is this Pavel Gogolev character? Twenty years old, passed over in the draft a couple times with the Guelph Storm. Guelph was a really good team. He had ninety six points in sixty three games this year, so I would imagine he would get drafted hundred seventh on NHL Central scouting. So maybe a late round pick there, Pavel Gogolev. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh so you think going off of that, that mock draft, how I laid that out, you would go with Marco Rossi? Yes. Yeah, I think if I love all three of these players. Something about Rossi, players that care for their lower body. I don't know. <laughs> Rossi, Lundell, and Raymond, you can't go wrong with any of those three. I think if I had to rank them, I would go Rossi. Then I would go Lundell, and then I would go Raymond. And I think the world of R- Lucas Raymond. But I think you always say, oh, got to draft the best player available. Mm-hmm. At some point, you just have to fit what you need. Yeah. And Lundell fits that. Mm-hmm. I think Rossi, he's just too good to pass up, even though he's not that two-way center. But I think Lundell, you go Lundell over Raymond for just what they need. And yeah. that's the two-way center who might even be able to play in the NHL right away. Completely and I, possible. I agree with what you say about um, taking what you need because the Sabres are in a very unique position, unlike other teams. Um, and, you know, any fan can see that. Um, where, yeah, there comes a point where you just got to – you got to stockpile. You got to see where you're thin, and you got to stockpile there. Mm-hmm. Now, as we said towards the beginning of this episode – Completely possible they could pick Yaroslav Askarov or yeah. Jake Sanderson if he 
makes it to eight. That's completely possible. I don't think Jake Sanderson will make it to eight, though. He'll definitely be in the top ten. I can't see, like, I can see Ottawa picking him at five. I can see Anaheim picking him at six. I can see the Devils picking him at seven because the Devils need to build up their defense. Mm -hmm. Montreal, I don't think he makes it past Montreal, though, at nine. Apparently, the Sabres really liked him. Jake Sanderson, that is, as a prospect, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that changes anything now that basically everyone's gone. But yeah. uh, Jeremiah Crow, he was with the organization when everyone else was. So maybe he's big on Jake Sanderson, who knows. But if they pick another defenseman high, I'm going to be absolutely furious. Mm-hmm. All right, there's our, there's our little mock draft. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh we haven't really touched on Rick Dudley. Uh, yesterday it came out that Dudley uh, was with the Carolina Hurricanes organization. His contract will not be renewed, which very interesting to see that. Uh, Elliot Friedman threw out his name, as well as Scott Luce of the Vegas Golden Knights, who is their director of amateur scouting, as potential options for the Sabres to bring in. And Friedman also said after the draft lottery that the Sabres, will, Jeremiah Crow, and Kevin Adams will start to look to bring in outside names to bring into their organization instead of just promoting people from within. Good. Rick Dudley has been the senior vice president of hockey operations with the Hurricanes the past two years. Well, his contract will not be renewed. Dudley's pretty much a go-to scout for the Hurricanes. The guy is always at... Sabres games from what I hear like he still lives near Buffalo I th- I believe I heard Lewiston but he's always at Sabres games mm-hmm. uh, scouts I mean the media is always saying oh he's always there so I could definitely see him coming here word is that there might be mutual interest so yeah and um, like you alluded to he has ties to the team not only to the area um, but he, he was a player for them as well and a head coach. Um, right, right. So head coach of the team in 1989 through 90, 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the head coach of the team. Yeah, so uh, obviously there's ties there. There's a history. Um, Pagula will recognize that as well for them. Pagula loves bringing in his Buffalo boys. He doesn't Correct. like currently at least. He keeps bringing in guys he's familiar with, and I'm sure there is a familiarity there between oh, – uh, the Sabres and Rick Dudley. I don't know what position he would have. Maybe he would be the assistant GM. And I think having a guy like Rick Dudley is Kevin Adams, uh, assistant GM. That'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. So kind of uh, guide him along there. Yeah, exactly. Too. They definitely mm-hmm. need someone with that degree of experience to be mm-hmm. under Adams in some way, shape or form. Yes. Yes. All right. So yeah, definitely a good hire. If, if Dudley had anything to do with the amateur scouting in Carolina over those last two years, I give him a thumbs up mm-hmm. because especially last year, the Hurricanes drafted exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. All right. We can talk about this. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about the hub cities yet. Oh, uh, yes. Allegedly, uh, the the hub cities for the play-in round and the Stanley Cup playoffs have been pretty close to being revealed. Not Nothing official yet but it sounds like it's going to be Edmonton and Toronto lots of talk about 
Vegas as being a destination for this, but I think that'd be a horrible idea, especially with how coronavirus is popping up again. Right. I'm I'm looking forward to um how they kind of develop an atmosphere around these empty arena games. Have you watched any soccer during a couple all this? Games, yeah. Uh, have you seen? Sorry, I'll mute that. Uh, have you seen how um, they, at least the networks, I believe NBC pipes in uh, like the chants and whatnot over the broadcast feed. So they, they, they pipe in like, you know, as if the Manchester United fans, whatever, were singing their song or whatever. And it sounds really good. They've also put tarps over the seats and like sold ad space and whatnot. Mm. Or um, I think you've, you've seen them. I, I, one team did like a cardboard cutout thing where you could pay to have a picture of yourself in the stands. Uh, I'm interested to see how, how if they, they do anything like that to spice up the, uh, the atmosphere personally. I don't know how I feel about piping in crowd noise. The crowd noise. Yeah. That I don't, I don't I, like I think it. That, that wouldn't sound natural. Um, but uh, at least for like the seats, they'd probably they'd probably put advertisements on there, of course. Um, oh yeah, they got to make any money that they can. Yeah, why not? It's a great way to make money. But uh, I don't know. That would be cool if they changed it depending on the game. Do you know? Uh, like put the team logos and stuff on there. Um, anything to spice up the uh, the presentation. But um, it's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the picks of Toronto and Edmonton? I'm fine with it. Edmonton, I mean, Edmonton's Edmonton. I, I don't know much about it. Um, Toronto, I mean, that's a prime. If you want to hold the Stanley Cup in one of those two hub cities, it's going to be Toronto. So yeah. that, make, that makes sense. I'd prefer um, it to be in Toronto too, so I don't have to stay up until 10 p.m. to right. watch the game. Right. And you know what? That's probably why. So you need one West Coast, one East Coast team. So, you know, the, the West Coast teams can um, acclimate themselves to that. So that makes sense. And uh, it was going, I think all along, it was going to be the two Canadian cities because uh, NHL just has closer ties with Canada, obviously. So and can Canada negotiate. can actually contain coronavirus. Exactly. They have a plan. Um, but obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's Canada's national game um so they were going to negotiate with um with the uh with the nhl i think uh vegas was kind of just attractive an attractive idea because it's, it's las vegas you know it would sound vegas good. would have been a disaster waiting to happen yes i think yes. if they played in vegas this thing isn't gonna end the this thing will never start right but, right uh, yeah either way um but uh you would be getting players with the virus. There'd be mm-hmm. so many cases. And there's already they would have to, 20, They'd have to shut it down. Yeah, 26. You have 26 player, players or just overall personnel? Players. Players, players. yeah. Um, and I have a point to make intertwining that with the uh, CBA talks when we get to that. Um, but I'm, I'm shocked there hasn't been any backlash yet. I'm sure soon – We'll hear about players backing out, like we're hearing with uh, the MLB and NBA, um, with a bunch of guys now saying they aren't playing. Um, but, I mean, it's going to creep up on us. Think of how fast June went by. Yeah. And it, this is only... It, look how at the end of the month. Is it supposed to be July 31st where they start yeah, playing? July 31st, I believe it was, yep. 
that's oh, the, the that's the plan at least. And I mean, if there's any hope of finishing the season, you have to get it off then. Yeah, I think. What if they have to extend this even longer? At what point do they just say, you know what, whatever? Well, no matter what, we're looking at a sixty-game season next year too. Mm-hmm. If that even goes down, I mean, maybe they'll do a twenty-four-team thing again with a playing round. Mm-hmm. Just, just change. Do the whole thing maybe is like you know, uh, I don't know. They can probably get creative with it next year. Maybe oh, this is all an opportunity. <laughs> To completely redo the playoffs, I you know I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't do the same lottery BS again next year with the playing teams, but I wouldn't hate the idea. It's definitely more revenue for the league too, having yeah. twenty four playoff team, twenty four quote unquote playoff teams. Exactly. Or if you want to throw every team in the mix, do a round robin tournament. Have, maybe have like um, I don't know, some kind of round robin. What if to get the teams involved, you do a round robin with seven teams that are out, no plan or anything for the top pick. Then you do a separate play-in tournament to determine like the actual playoff teams. What you see, I fun? love that idea. I think instead of doing lottery, they should have just they should have let all the teams play. Mm-hmm. The bottom seven teams should have done some sort of round robin tournament for the yeah. number one pick. Yeah, that would have been fun. And then the finalist gets number two, and then they do a third-place game for the third pick. Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome. The yeah. KHL used to do something like that for their top pick when they had it. I don't know if they still have a draft or not, but uh, they used to do that when there was one, to mm-hmm. my knowledge at least. That would be fun, though. It would give everybody mm-hmm. a chance to play for something. Yeah, I could the see them team. doing the 24-team format until mm-hmm. normalcy is restored, but who right. knows? Uh, right. the CBA talks, yes. uh, CBA, I believe it was a six year extension, right? Yeah. Cause it's, it's talking at least through 20, 2026 because of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So NHL players with under the understanding that this gets done, NHL players will be allowed to play in the Olympics in 2022 and 2026, the Chinese games. And I believe, uh, 2026 games are in Milan, Italy. I want to say. I think so. Not sure. Yeah. But great. Finally. Absolutely. And I wonder, you know what? In a way, um, the players ideally could use this as a bargaining chip coming back and playing during the, during the virus. Mm -hmm. They can say, we did this, you know, we're giving you as they should. Yeah. Give us Olympics. Right. This is their chance to say we're taking the power back here as the players. Um, let us play in the Olympics as we did this for you. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. And that's the point I wanted to make. Also, salary cap has basically been revealed to a flat salary cap, $81.5 million the next two years. So there's a two-year flat cap. And then for the 2022-2023 season, it'll move up to 82 and a half so basically no change over the next few years for the salary cap which teams are not banking on that like do you think jason botterill when doing the jeff skinner contract was like oh you know what whatever the salary cap's gonna stay the same here's nine million dollars no no so that's effectively screwing teams over Mm -hmm. like look at toronto 
they were probably banking on the cap moving up to give them a little bit of cap flexibility. That's not going to happen. There was rumors before this all hit that the cap was going to go up to $84 million next year. Uh, I think, if anything, in the future, this is going to make teams um, more proactive in thinking about that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, these unforeseen circumstances. But, uh, no, I mean, it, the NHL is going to be probably the only. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if for a class buyout in the future cap because it's going to be tough for some teams. I don't, I don't know. I wonder. I don't because they brought the compliance buyout before or after that lockout because they made those back-loaded, uh, front-loaded contracts yeah. illegal, essentially, with the cap recapture penalties to give these teams a chance to get out from under them this isn't necessarily the case but who knows Mm -hmm. i doubt it happens compliance buyout that is yeah well yeah the 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 league's gonna be super affected though for years now because of all this Mm -hmm. and the nhl is going to be the the one hardest hit yeah but good thing we're not going to get another lockout anytime soon apparently so hopefully this thing gets done yeah, that's really good that uh, they're already talking about it. Because in the past years, I feel like we, we wouldn't have heard about it. Yeah. Also, until it was really almost done. Uh, we'll move on here. The Jack Eichel trade proposals. <laughs> Did you see that ridiculous Is this the Bar Down article or whatever? Or who put it out? Um, Fan-sided, I think. I'm not yeah. sure. But this guy put out an article. <laughs> I'm sure many of you have seen it. Uh, Jack Eichel trade proposals. It's I think of seven teams that should target Jack Eichel. We can we can go through them. I'll I'll look for the article. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, I I saw the the one that everyone was flipping out about was Max Domi. Uh, Max Domi in a second round pick for Jack Eichel. Who says no? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yikes. I I don't bother reading these kind of articles because it's it's just it's clickbait. It's clickbait. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I, I never take these things seriously because, like, I mean, no one is going to be perfectly in tune with all 31 teams and their needs and whatnot unless you work in, in the – unless you work in the industry, you know, unless you're super tapped in like uh, like the Pierre Lebrunt and Elliot Friedman's and Bob McKenzie's in the world. Uh, so – yeah, I treat these things as a grain of salt because I, I honestly think this is a joke. Okay, I have the article up. It is by Brad Barriman, which I did find him on Twitter, and he's clearly not a hockey guy. Yeah, It's very painfully obvious after uh, going through his Twitter feed. Okay, potential suitor. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, uh, okay, Carolina, you would think if they're training for Jack Eichel, you're talking about Andre Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo. No, uh, Nino Niederreiter, Vincent Trocek in a first-round pick. <laughs> Barf. That, God, that doesn't, even, that, sound, that doesn't even sound like a trade for Jack Eichel. That sounds like a trade for a completely different player. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> All right, we got two offers from Tampa Bay Lightning here. Uh, one significantly better than the other, but I'll, I'll tell you both of them. Tyler Johnson, Ryan McDonough, and a 2021 or 2022 first-round pick. 
I saw that one. That's embarrassing. Uh, we got Braden Point, Ryan McDonough in a 2021 or 2022 first round pick. No, definitely better. Definitely better, but, but I don't still think that no. gets it done. <laughs> I McDonough's past his prime. See, the Sabers have no reason to trade Jack Eichel besides the fact that he might be unhappy. <laughs> there, there's no reason to trade him. They don't have to. Why, unless they're getting absolutely blown away mm-hmm. in in the event you request a trade, they don't have to move them. They don't. So that's my thinking. Unless least. he sweet talks them into saying, "Yeah, listen, I'm leaving, taking All my right. ball, and I'm going home." The Philadelphia Flyers, Sean Couturier, Shane Gossespierre, and a first round pick in the next three years. In the next three years? Uh, yeah, one one pick in the next three years, 2021 or 2020. That's the best offer so far, but I'm I, still not, you know. <laughs> I agree. You need to throw in some kind of something else, prospect or something. All right, here we go. Uh, Jack Eichel to Montreal, his, his favorite team, by the way. I remember uh, going towards the draft, he said his favorite team growing up was Montreal, not Boston. Really? Yes. Max Domi in a 2020 second round pick. <laughs> See, like, why are we even entertaining this? <laughs> it's, it's not. I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. It is. It's funny. It's funny. I'm trying to see his rationale behind this. I, I didn't actually read the article. Oh, yeah. Montreal seems to have a bit of a log jam at center. Philip Dano, Max Domi, Yasperi Kakaniemi, and Nick Suzuki are all in the mix, but none are stars. And there's an argument Domi should not be playing in the middle. Domi, Kakaniemi, the third overall pick in the 2018 draft, stand out as potential trade assets. Montreal also has 14 picks in this year's draft, three in the second round. If Bergevin wants to shake things up a little, a spin with Cap Friendly's trade machine shows a pretty simple deal. Max Domi in a second round pick. <laughs> uh, winger Jonathan Duran and Kotkaniemi would also work in a deal for Eichel. The Habs can get it done easier than most teams, which I agree with because the the Habs do have a lot of young pieces and draft picks, but I don't think that definitely so, get, does not get it done. In his descriptions, does he add more as he goes on then? I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's adding more to the trade. I think he's just if, saying, if, oh, instead of Domi, it could be Kakaniemi, it could be Duran. If this guy gets paid for writing these articles, what am I trying for at my job? <laughs> oh, we have one more. We have one more. Okay. Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers trying to build the super team. Yeah. You would think that uh, Leon Dreisaitl would be in this trade in some way, shape, or form, but no. It is uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Brandon Manning. Oh, boy. My and- <laughs> Andreas Athanasiu, and a 2020 or 2021 first-round pick. <laughs> this is... It's like if you're watching a, a YouTuber play NHL. That's what they do. Mm. Trying to cheat the system. All yeah. right. Well, th- th- that's your laugh for 
for this episode. If you would, if you haven't read that article yet, I'm oh, sure most wait. of you have. God bless him. God bless America. Uh, uh, okay, so now we're going to go into the Instagram questions here. We'll try and answer a few of them at least. Um, it's been a minute since I have actually gone through these. Here we go. Yes, here we go. Okay. Let's do it. All right. If you got anything else to mention before I, I rifle through some of these, go ahead. Um, no, nothing really okay, as it okay. pertains to the team. Gregory David 92, yeah. can you give me some hope? Do you have any hope to shed on young Gregory? Yeah, sure. Um, there's a new GM. I, I said this earlier too. It's, it's exciting always just to see um yeah i know that people aren't happy with the way he got there but uh we saw a purge at least that shows that the pagulas kind of maybe are trying to change stuff but then again we don't know the real reason conspiracies it might be because of money and outside of hockey reasons um but um i think that's a sign for um something to be positive about um, Dylan Cousins, yeah, they have Jack Eichel. Dylan Cousins is still in the organization. Um, maybe gets lost amidst all the negativity surrounding the team. Uh, so he's something to look forward to. Um, Royal Rasmus Blue, Stalin. Rasmus Dahlin, new uniforms next year. Um. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Although not a lot of positivity, there is some positivity. And the eighth overall pick, we can't forget about right. that. Too. Right. They have a high second round pick where they could hypothetically get a good prospect. With that, we'll wait and see until they pick a six foot six but defenseman who can't skate. It's just okay. like, even with that eighth overall pick, there's some trepidation there because they're probably going to misuse it. Yaroslav Askarov. Yeah. Let's build the deepest goalie pipeline in the NHL. Askarov, Uko Pekalukinen, and uh, Eric Portillo. That's the goal. <laughs> okay. Uh, N. Young, 12-12. It's Canada Day today. Happy Canada Day to our neighbors in the north. Yes, absolutely. Who is the best Canadian player in Sabres history? Oh, God. It's got to be Gilbert Perrault. Right? Gilbert Perrault, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to disqualify him argument. for the sake of uh, fun. Okay, okay. And uh, I think um, <laughs> Danny Briere would be the other one. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've never given much thought to that. I'll, yeah. I'll go with Michelle Bear, though. Yeah. Um, hmm. Let's see. If the Sabres trade their eighth overall pick, what would be the most realistic best return for it? And from who? That comes from Hockey Fits 18. Huh. Mm. I I don't know specific players because I don't know who is going to be available or if any teams are going to make these kind of guys available. But if you can get a 24, 25-year-old second-line center, I'd do it all day long. I don't care. Yeah, well, well, man, when you bring that up, um, it's also the anniversary of O'Reilly leaving, and it just makes you think that that wouldn't even have to be a discussion. Yeah, 
Make another O'Reilly trade. Oh, my God. Also, in honor of the first day that Tim Murray is no longer on the Sabres uh, payroll anymore. <laughs> He's no longer on the payroll. Uh, man, that trade for Ryan O'Reilly was a stroke of genius. Yeah. And the contract, too. Seven years, seven and a half million. Grigorenko Zadorov, a second-round pick, and JT Comfer for Ryan O'Reilly. It was a stroke of genius, and it was undone by a stroke of complete ineptitude. <laughs> yes. Which trade was worse, the trade to get O'Reilly or the trade that sent him to St. Louis? This that sent him to St. Louis. He won a cup, you know. Uh, and the abs still are getting contributions from right, <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, so Bokan and Berglund were just complete non factors. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pick the the abs traded down to get AJ Greer, he's basically nothing. We're talking one of the worst trades in NHL history, sending oh, yeah. O'Reilly to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Positively, uh, one of the worst ever. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And if only Dallas, if only Dallas beat St. Louis in Game Seven, right? Would have gotten like the seventeenth pick instead of thirty-first. Mm-hmm. That could have turned the tides. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably not much, but you know. And I mean. the trade would probably look a lot better. Oh yeah. Right now, it's just there's nothing much there. Who knows what Tage Thompson becomes? Ryan Johnson might be good. Yeah, whatever. The nothing is gonna amount to Ryan O'Reilly. No. But yeah, if you can recreate that Ryan O'Reilly trade, do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think the Sabers will get their second line center trade or UFA? That comes from Mike B seven one six. He also didn't uh, put not at all. <laughs> I think a trade is more likely because historically we haven't signed many big fish free agents. And there isn't exactly that center out there this right. year. The uh, center market is very dried up in uh, the unrestricted free agent market right now. Eric Halla is like the only one that would be available, and I don't think he's exactly a true second-line center. When the Sabres get a new GM, they typically go out and trade for um... – that shiny new guy. Who is that new guy? Well, we right. shall see. Right. Could be Dylan Cousins or Casey Middlestat too. Let's not rule that. Perhaps. Out. Or Marcus Johansson. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, something we have not mentioned in Chad Dedeminis's article uh, is mock off season 2.0. Subtly mentioned that uh, it's expected that none of the UFAs will be back. Simmons, VC, Larson, Gergensons, none of yeah, them they're, are back. They're not Kevin Adams' guys, so that, that also, wouldn't shock me. Mutual interests, no, not mutual. The Sabres would like Larson back, but Larson does not want to come back. Don't blame the guy. I don't blame him. I don't blame him or Gergensons for leaving. No. Okay. With all the new people in the organization, what should what should be the goals for the team in the next two to five years? That comes from Jacob Leslie. Oh, establish some kind of continuity. Make the playoffs. Make the playoffs. Yeah, 
Um, but I think build a great scouting department. Yeah. Um, you, they have to start drafting well. That's that's right. my big thing. You got to start being a consistently good drafting team because mm-hmm. over the past 10, 15 years, they've been a consistently terrible drafting team. Right. Consistently. Like, it's not like they get nothing out of these drafts no. year after year. Nothing. And that's how you stay at the bottom by getting nothing out of your draft. So they have to start drafting well. They got to start being a destination where players want to play a team where on July 1st, on a normal year, not like today, uh, players like, you know, I want to go to Buffalo. Right. I want to go be a part of the solution and win the Stanley Cup. That just doesn't happen. Unfortunately, that starts with the draft, and they've been so woefully incompetent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they have to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say next year because I think that's unrealistic to expect that. But within two or three years, they have to start being a playoff team, not just a team that squeaks in. Well, you got to start being a team where you're in year after year. That's what we want here. Who knows if that will actually come to fruition, though? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ike 96, what's your order for guys at eight between Rossi, Raymond, Holtz, and Perfetti? Uh, I would go out of those four, I would go Rossi, Raymond, Perfetti, Holtz. I don't know if you have an opinion on that or not. Not much, honestly. You're, you're, you're the prospect guy. I trust (laughs) your word. Uh, what will Kevin Adams' first move be? Uh, we're not going to give specific hmm. names or anything, but I would expect. <sighs> I don't know. If, I don't even know. Like it's obviously he's going to be filling out his scouting department, assistant GMs. So I don't think that's the the thing that uh, Irish Time All Stars is looking for here. I think. Yeah, it's going to take – I can't say a trade because it's going to take him a while. I think he's going to want to get a staff filled out before he starts yeah. feeling making trades. I um, want to say Rasmus for – trading Rasmus for Stalinen. I don't know what it's going to be, but I feel like that will be Kevin Adams' first official trade. We'll see. And how much does he try to shape this team in his image? You know, that's what I want to I have a feeling it's going to be more or less very similar – most of the guys are under team control next year, unless he decides to trade Montour and Ristolainen. It's going to be a lot of the same. I don't know. I don't know. And Kruger is going to have a lot of say, too, and I he loves this team. I don't know. I don't know how much change is going to be. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, we'll do one more. Okay. We'll do one more. <laughs> Okay, let me, let me keep looking to make sure that... Oh, yes, okay. take your time. At, at what point do we give up on the fanhood? We'll, we'll do that one last. Oh, man. I think that there's a part of every fan that can't permanently let go. It's like a first love. You Or it's like... It's like um. It's like a parent. Maybe if your parents get divorced or you divorce from uh, 
let's yeah, let's say you 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 divorce from your your wife or something. All right, you get super real, and you have a kid together. In this case, the kid itself is the team, and the memories you have with that team. Uh, the spouse is the management that made you just you know hate all those. You're not not hate, but well, that might be a bad <laughs> analogy because like you're saying you hate the kid, but like the kid itself is what links you together. You have a disagreement with with the management, right? Or yeah. your spouse. And um, that's what drags you away from the kid being the Sabres, being the team. Um, and I think that's what keeps us together. I think you always hate the management, but no one's ever going to actually give up their, you know, their love for the team. It's just a, a nasty relationship right now. Yeah, let's be real. If I became a New York Rangers fan tomorrow... Yeah. Once the Sabres started being a good hockey team again, I would be like, oh, yeah, see you, Rangers. Yeah. I'd come back. It's tough right now because <laughs> we just, you know, um, you got to you gotta stick it through. You just got to wait. It's and hard that's... being patient, but, yeah. Right. You just gotta, that's the thing that sucks. You just got to stick it through. They'll be good someday. Mm-hmm. They'll figure it out. <laughs> They'll accidentally figure it out. Yeah. That's the thing. I keep saying when this team gets good, It'll be in spite of themselves. Nobody will remember these days when, right. when they're good. When we find better days. It'll, it'll just be a fond memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. All right. I think, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. That's a good good way to end the episode yes. on the the divorce analogy with yes. the Buffalo Sabres. But, yes. yeah. Uh, we hope the audio quality was okay this episode. But It sounded knows? great to me when we've been yeah. recording. I, we, if it isn't good, we probably apologize, but we hope right. you enjoyed the discussion. But either way, we thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow The Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram at The Charging Buff. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeTCBNHL, and you can follow Luke on Twitter as well, LVKETCB. And you can also follow our sponsors for the podcast, Just Edition Hockey at Just Edition. Just a reminder, use code TCB at checkout to save 10% on your or episode 420 for you all the episode you've all been waiting for and uh we hope that we'll be back soon ish if there's any news at all regarding this dumpster fire of a hockey team we will have another episode out for you guys uh to talk about it and again we appreciate you guys for listening and we'll see you in the next one